the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, new focus on wealth with certified financial planner Chad Burton. Drawing from his 28-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New focus on wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Trying to get you to retirement. That's the name of the game on this show. It's interesting because we are a month into the year and it is a much different year. Last three years have all had different tones and different vibes. Two plus years ago, we were hitting 70 market highs on a regular basis on the SP 500. Last year was just a bear market that, mm, it didn't ever seem to get to that month where we we're like, oh, we're making progress. And then boom, we started making progress. And 2023 starts out with NASDAQ up 15.6% month year to date. The SP 500 is up 8% year to date. Dow Jones Industrial Average up 2.3%. Joining me today to talk about markets and investing and the relationship with retirement, CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton will be with me Thursday evening, 6.30 to 8.30 at the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino, California, 6.30 to 8.30. You can sign up at his website or my website, his website, chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Chad, let's talk about the market and rates of return expected during retirement because um, I've looked at some of the tools that EP Wealth has and if you punch in 10%, my retirement in 20, 30 years when I die much different number than if you punch in 3%. Uh, what do we need to know? Well, you just, you mentioned the NASDAQ, so let's start there. To the yes, part, the market. 15%. Yeah, 15%. So last year, let's see, what, what was the NASDAQ down last year? 32.5%? Sure. So if we look at a, a three-year return, a three-year total return on the NASDAQ, okay, it's up almost 37%. Wow. And so you got to put those things in perspective and, and, you know, towards the end of the year, everybody's calling for an immediate recession in 2023. And we've had this, this market rally. Now I will say that um, it, it's a great time to rebalance a portfolio. If you do need to rebalance a portfolio in retirement or you're, you know, say five years from retirement or less, and you want to get a, a distribution strategy going, it's a great time to do it because we've had these stocks recover from their lows and become more, Fairly to fully valued versus, you know, slightly undervalued. But let's talk about expected return in retirement because number one, it depends on your asset allocation. If you're super conservative and you've got most of your money in cash and U.S. Treasuries and things like that, well, you're earning a lot more now than you were a couple of years ago, but still not as much as say like 2006 and seven. We've got, you know, six to twelve month T bills that you could get at. 4.6 to 4.8% in recent auctions with the, the government. Um, but the 10-year U.S. Treasury is still at 3.5%, which is still really low compared to history. 
All right. But yep. if we talk about history, if we look at the, the last 50 years ending at the end of 2020, where, you know, EP Wealth, we have a, a handout that we have, where you look at the S&P 500 for that 50 year period, it yep. averaged 12.3%. That includes the credit crisis and everything. <laughs> That's a pretty good return over 50 years. Positive 78% of the time. And then, so when the when the market is negative, so the other you know percentage of time when it's negative, the other twenty two percent of the time, Rob, over that fifty year period, what was the average decline when stocks were down? Twelve percent. Yes, twelve percent. Fourteen percent. So close. Okay, close. <laughs> so um, with you know twenty two percent of the time the market was down on an average of fourteen percent over that fifty year period, it's still averaged twelve point three percent with dividends reinvested. Now, here's a question for you. Do you remember this game we used to play it in the 90s when we first got into the investment management world? Uh, what rate of return would you take, Chad, to shut up and go away? If you were guaranteed a rate of return, what would it take to pay you off? Because I remember oh, being a lot more yeah. arrogant. I remember being a lot more cocky versus what I'd settle for today. Oh, for sure. Yeah, if you know you had a guarantee, it's kind of relative to inflation, though, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but and if inflation stays, yeah, yeah, if inflation stays normal, I mean, most people would uh, cash in everything they had and said, okay, if, if I could get a guaranteed 7 8% rate of return, I'll just take that. Um, but, and, and those periods occurred when I first got into the business, we were able to lock in money at 6 to 7% for 10 years and fixed annuities back when they were attractive because of the tax code. But, and, you know, rates were a lot higher back then. Inflation was a little higher. Um, I mean, we're going through a high period of inflation. But if we look at the overall market history, too, we have to look at bonds, okay. too. Because, right, people have cash, stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities. It's, it's all should be in the portfolio. Now, the bond market has had an unusually high return for the last 50 years. It's averaged 7% ending the 50 years ending at the end of 2020. And so when you look at a balanced portfolio of, in this case, would be, you know, 50% S&P 500, 50% U.S. aggregate bond index, that 50-year period, that portfolio averaged 9.7% because the bond market had an unusually high rate of return. As the Federal Reserve and the government, you know, in decreased interest rates, bond values continue to increase. So when you have a, a price of an asset like a bond, you have your bond. That's when you lend money to a company or the government. You've got a, a fixed rate of interest payments. And then the value of the bond can go up if interest rates go down or the value of the bond can go down if interest rates go up. And so we had interest rates going down for a long period of time. That ended last year and the bond market fell. Um, so the reason why I say that, and you take these periods of time, even the last three years, which helps put the stock market in perspective, there's volatility in the portfolio, but there's still no reason why you shouldn't say, "Hey, I could I could expect over the next hundred years, stocks to average, you know, around ten percent over a long period of time. I'm talking twenty five plus years, but it's only going to be positive. Usually, we say seventy to seventy four percent of the time, um, and so you have to have some bonds that always pay interest. And I think that you know, expecting bonds to have a little lower rate of return going forward in the 5% range would be fair. Um, and you also have to realize that these numbers that I'm giving you assumes dividends are being reinvested, right? Stocks pay dividends on a quarterly basis most of the time for large companies. And 
when you look at the S&P 500, a good chunk of the return has to do with reinvesting your dividends. Now, when you go into retirement on your taxable accounts, if you need the money, you tend to to stop reinvesting those dividends and you're spending them to help support your your cash. That's right. That's what I'm starting to think about. Like um, Brad, CFP Brad works with you. He and I talk about that on a fairly regular basis. So when you want to turn on the income, but yep. what else do we need to know? This is exciting. It's yeah, super exciting, right? It, it's um, it is for so, me because <laughs> you're 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 coming Close. into that age now. Yep. Never thought we'd say that after 20 years of doing this together. You thought I'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> At least my wife thinks you thought. Yeah, potentially. I think. Um, so when we talk about rates of return to use, I mean, I yes. have that that whole system, the seven retirement tests. And one of the tests is just assume that you look at your portfolio and you only average five and a half to 5.65% rate of return over a, you know your entire retirement. Would your money last to age 100 at that rate of return? And the reason why I use that, Rob, is because if you would have invested the stock market high in 2007... Before we had that big decline, two thousand eight, two thousand nine, um, and kind of international por- uh, section of portfolios have had a rough decade, right? At that point, um, that if you look at that window, that was one of the worst windows that we could look at a t- on a ten and a twenty year basis. And balanced portfolios still did around. If you look at many balanced portfolio, about five point six five percent, thirty. So. Um, you know, on a higher end, if we expect stocks at 10 and cash at two and a half, bonds at 4%, you should be able to get closer to seven easy in retirement, but you don't run numbers like that. Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcases always packed pass or the wait. I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach, city, mountains, or all three pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirado Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiradopass.com. January's booming employment gains produced a 3.4% unemployment rate, a 54-year low. Wow. And stock markets, like, odds of recession go up. It's not really, it doesn't always work the way you want it to. And sometimes it's counterintuitive. Those jobs reports, Chad, CFP Chad Burton from EP Wealth Advisors is with us today to talk and promote a seminar coming up Thursday in Cupertino at the Juniper Hotel. You can sign up at chadburton.com. But Chad, what do you think about those uh, unemployment numbers? Those were pretty sparkling on Friday. Yeah, that, I mean, that caused everybody to kind of retrace their steps, especially in the bond market where the 10-year treasury at one point last year was over 4% and then backed all the way down to below 3.5%. And yesterday, you know, caused a bit of a sell-off in the 10-year bond and rates a little bit higher. And so we're still in this weird situation because of you've got inflation. So you've got the Federal Reserve raising rates to try to slow lending down and, and just slow the overall economy down. But the bond market's not yet buying it. So, you know, it's it's acting as if there's still going to be a recession. So you have short-term rates where you can go to the U.S. government, treasurydirect.gov, and get 26 to 52-week T-bills at over 4.5% annualized rate of return. Whereas if you lend money to the government for 10 years on a 10-year bond, you're only getting about 3.5%. That's that inverted yield curve. Um, so there's still you know, a fairly decent chance of a, a slight slowdown or recession because the feds are going to continue to raise rates until the job market gets under control. But 
I just, the ability for them to measure that these days, the way the economy works, it, it concerns me. <laughs> so because of the gig economy and people working multiple jobs and having side hustles and things like that. So I'm not sure how, how good of a measurement it is. I hear Lena Khan and uh, the commerce department, they're all hiring crypto experts because they're trying to figure out how to regulate crypto and they don't really have a concept of crypto. So they're hiring people that know a little bit about crypto talking about not having a lot of faith, but um, let's have a lot of faith in the numbers that you were presenting. You were last segment talking about safe and expected returns. Let's recap on that one more time before we move on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and so let's, let's just put the market in perspective again, okay. right? Because we just went through a rough year and it's since 1999, I've been on radio preaching about distribution strategies and always having three years worth of portfolio draws, not expenses. So that's too high, but draws in safe money, like FDIC insured bank accounts, high, you know, credit unions, uh, T bills and things like that. Because 2022 is a year when stocks and bonds go down at the same time because Federal Reserve's trying to fight inflation. They raise rates, slows the, you know, economy down. And, and when rates go up, bonds go down. So S&P last year down 18%. The U.S. aggregate bond market, um, AGG ETF, that represents kind of the overall U.S. bond market, was down 13%. This year, we've already got a little over 7.8% rally in the S&P 500, and bonds are up about 3%. And then if we look over a three-year period, right, that, that puts it a little bit more perspective. The S&P 500 is up 30% over the last three years with dividends reinvested. And because of last year, the bond market's still down 6.7%, but um, bonds had had probably one of their best runs in history um, <laughs> prior to that because rates continue to go down. So the point is, is that when you're, when you're modeling retirement, you know, you've got to get your expenses right, which I think we'll talk about later in the hour and know what your taxes are going to be, your healthcare costs and all that. But you also have to run a couple of different scenarios. One is a very conservative rate of return. And say what it would look like if I took a rough period in history, like 2007 to 2017, mm -hmm. where uh, you, you dealt with the Great Recession, um, low interest rates on your cash and things like that. And, and so maybe using a 55 to 5.65% rate of return for the next 30, 35 years in retirement with inflation on your expenses... How long does your money last? And then we, we tend to run it based on your current asset allocation and your asset mix and what the, the average rate of return and volatility is on those mixes, on the current mixes. And, and you could run Monte Carlo simulations where it does you know a thousand plus different market scenarios to get a, a success rate potentially on your current portfolio. And then maybe what does it look like on a, on a normal expected rate of return? So I don't think there's any problem with saying, hey, I think stocks over the 30 plus years that I'm going to retire are going to average 10%. And I'm, I'm usually going to have 10 to 15% in cash and between my checking account and high yield savings, I should be able to earn two and a half percent on, on that. And, and let's just have low expectations for bonds because of what the federal reserve is doing in interest rates and the amount of national debt that we have. So let's just use 4% on bonds. So if I've got a balanced portfolio or 50% averaging 10% growth in income, I got 10% in cash, earning 2.5%, 40% bonds earning 4%. So these are more expected rates of return in the long run. You should you know, likely generate somewhere you know, around 6.85% over that 35-year period 
Um, because none of the, none of those numbers that I talked about, Rob, are way out of rack, right? I mean, the stocks have averaged over 11% in that 50 year mm-hmm. period that we were talking about before. Um, and cash now you can get, you know, pretty easily online FDIC insured banks, three and a half percent. I only use two and a half percent. And, you know, bonds are returning a little bit more to normal. So if a mix of bonds between your tax free, your corporate, your strategic bond funds, you know, expecting 4% is not out of whack. Um, so while I like to run numbers more conservatively to, you know, project very conservative numbers and then expect the best and realize that the market can be volatile. It's often a three steps forward, two steps back type of process like we've seen in the last three years. Um, and the idea is, is that when you go through market rallies like the one we just had in the last 36 days, it's a good time to step back, reset, make sure you have the right amount of cash, maybe peel off some growth in, in your portfolio to replenish your cash and rebalance your stocks versus bonds and pick the right allocation in the distribution plan for retirement. It's an interesting chart. I'm, I keep looking at it. You have it, you use an Excel spreadsheet and it's just numbers and it's uh, four columns and you have one side labeled safe and one side labeled expected and uh, just the tiniest little bit of difference between 5.6% and 6.8% in your allocations. Uh, the, the returns are enormous. Just tinkering with your allocations. Yeah. The difference between 5 and 5% and 6% is pretty exponential. It, it sounds like one, but you're looking at exponential terms. Go ahead. Well, yeah. And then, and then the idea is you really have to, if you're playing the game of math, your, your real return after inflation, you have to be running normal expenses in retirement at, you know, a little over two and a half percent and healthcare costs inflating at 5%. And so you've got, you know, your expected rate of return, which you have to get right versus your current asset allocation versus what return do you need to actually be successful? Because sometimes people come in way too conservative to retirement and sometimes people come in way too aggressive and we can show them that if you dial this down and have less volatility, you're still very successful in your retirement. And, uh, but, but you've got to make sure your expenses are dialed in and then that you're projecting your cash flow with inflation as well as taxes when you draw out of your accounts. Hi, this is Chad Burton. If you have questions about retirement and investing, it's time to get some answers. My website, chadburton.com, has a ton of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement, links to our webinars, and several videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax-efficient investing, estate planning, insurance, and even saving for your kid's college. While you're there, also check out our tax planning and estate planning services and our video explaining our online wealth management tool. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. This invaluable resource is able to show the values and allocations of all your accounts regardless of where they're held. Information is updated each day at the end of market close, and these new numbers are fed into the financial projections we've created for our clients with the goal of constant financial clarity. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com, and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. Finance has funny headlines, in my opinion. This is one of the funnier ones I saw this morning. It was a Tesla driver says his steering wheel fell off on his brand new Model Y only five days after getting the car. No one was hurt, but he wants Tesla to take accountability on it. Speaking of accountability, uh, Elon Musk secured a favorable verdict on Friday. Late Friday afternoon, a federal judge officially ruled that Tesla's CEO's infamous, which means more than famous, funding secured tweet didn't harm shareholders, making him not liable for damages. 
I always wonder in a situation like this, because this was a jury trial. I wonder if the jury was impressed by him. Uh, star witness happens to be a richest man on the planet or one of the richest men. Speaking about one of the richest men on the planet, CFP Chad Burton <laughs> with EP Wealth. If I ever say that, you're going to slip me some money if it's true, right? Uh, you'd think I'd be getting up at this early and doing radio with you if I was one of the richest men on the planet. <laughs> well said. Well said. Do I think you'd slip into Cupertino and do a big event Thursday night in the Juniper Hotel, lovely hotel, real close to Apple in the Infinite Loop? Real close. Uh, you're going to be talking about planning for taxes, managing IRAs, investing during a period of higher inflation. Um, social security decisions. It's all the stuff we're talking about kind of right now. And as you force yourself into retirement age, it's, it's right there. It's, it's things that you're going to have to deal with, whether you want to or not. Now you say this event is right for those who are 10 years or less from retirement or in retirement. Uh, let's talk a little bit about that, what the ideal person is going to get from this and what you think the ideal person is. Yeah. Like, so if you, how do you know if you're maybe 10 years from retirement or not? Good question. Without doing a plan. I mean, that's key when you really need a financial plan, a very cash flow, tax, detailed oriented financial plan. Um, I mean, one of the things you could do is you could say, okay, I'm 55. If I take what I have saved up right now and let's say I double it because I'm 10 years away and between market growth and contributions, it's actually more than double. Um, but that's a good approach and, and say, if, if I take what I have and I double it from contributions and market growth, um, and I multiply that by three and a half percent, which would be a safe draw rate at 65, depending on your asset allocation. Is that even close to your current take home pay? That's, that's, that's a way to do it. So you've got to kind of be at that point yeah. or at retirement, um, or in retirement for, for this event. Cause it's very geared towards going from a, you know, wealth accumulation strategy, which is honestly very easy, right? I mean, you just continue to invest and invest and be a believer in the stock market and real estate and bonds over time. Um, and timing the market doesn't matter. I mean, m- most people that try to time the market and they might get it right on the exit strategy, but then they can never get back in and they miss out on years and years of dividends and the returns and taxes are much worse in, in the market timing scenario. But when you go into retirement, how you draw money out is very important because you have to set up your portfolio so that you're not selling in a down market. And sometimes we see markets like 2022 where the market, stock market and the bond market is down at the same time. And so those that were fully invested and didn't have that three years worth of portfolio draw set aside in safe assets, you know, they're hurting right now. They, they had to sell after a decline and those shares will never recover. And so the idea is that you set up your portfolio so you don't have to deal with that. And then recessions and market declines won't scare you. We went over in the first segment, market history, and you have to assume that stocks are going to be positive over 70% of the time throughout your retirement and probably average, you know, somewhere around eight to 11%. Um, and as long as you don't sell out of panic because you invested too aggressively going into retirement or you don't sell because you have to pay expenses and you don't have anything on the sidelines, you're going to be fine. Um, and so, it, it, you know, these, these market corrections won't scare you as much. They're not fun. You never want to see your balance on your statement go down. But at least you know you have a plan to get through those periods. It's funny that you say that because on a month-to-month, my statements are volatile. But I like the trend on the year-over-year and the five and the 10-year when you expand it that way. 
as far as looking at how much I'm worth. Um, but yeah, it, it, it never feels good. I'm with you on that one. Uh, go ahead. <clears throat> well, I was just going to say that, I mean, you, you've got, if we look at the last five years and the dips that we had in, you know, 2018, we had COVID, um, COVID. we had last year, the S&P 500 is still up 70.5% total return for the last five years. Say that again. The S&P 500 is up 70.5% total return for the last five years. That's pretty good, right? It, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it, it does return to the averages. The thing is, is that you got to pick times. Like like I said now, if you're over allocated to equities and you're going into retirement, and we just had a nice market rally back to more fairly to fully valued, uh, it's a good time to reset and redo your asset allocation and get ready for retirement. So I'm kind of lost in our notes where we should go from here. Do you want, should we move on to retirement expenses? Yeah, I think that's I think that's good. This is all taken from the part of the presentation that Chad's going to be doing Thursday in Cupertino at the Juniper Hotel, where it's going to be retirement income and tax planning. And again, planning for taxes doesn't sound right that it's important in retirement because in retirement, you're supposed to be paying less taxes that you're not earning. But that's the exact reason why it's the right time to think about taxes in retirement. So Chad, let's move on to expenses because obviously managing what's coming in, managing what's going out, you have to have a real good idea of where you are. Yeah. And, and you mentioned taxes. That's, that's one of the things. And obviously you've got, you know, when you go into retirement, you got different, uh, you know, different types of money. You've got cash that's already been taxed. You've got your 401k that has not been taxed. You got Roths that are tax free. You might have annuities. You might have a brokerage account that when you sell the stock or mutual fund or ETF, you pay some capital gains and you have some dividend and interest income that you're paying taxes on all the time. So you got to, you have to know what your taxes are. Everybody's different. Mm-hmm. Majority of Americans these days, most of their wealth is is tied up in their four hundred one k. They'll say they're home, but you know that that's that you're not going to tap that unless you sell it at some point. Uh, but that's the majority of people. Their wealth is tied up in a four hundred one k and a home. Um, so it's good as you're trying to prepare for retirement, or as you talk to your younger kids, you know, have them focus on the Roth four hundred one k and Roth IRA, so they have that tax diversification. In the Bay Area, what I tend to see is a, a good amount in the 401k. I, you see company stock that you have to deal with highly concentrated positions as people get into retirement and then some Roth and other after-tax dollars. Um, so that, that kind of controls the tax scene, but you've got to really delve into your expenses. And I, I talk about this a lot because it's the, the people that I see that really struggle with retirement are mm-hmm. the ones that, you know, they didn't kind of, set themselves up to travel and take some more time off and then figure out what are they going to do in retirement? What's going to keep them motivated to get out of bed? And again, I'll, I'll say this all the time because the the ones that... Uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? It's a droning kind of message because you, you, you're just saying it right now. I say this all the time. We, we hear you, Chad, and we're, just, we're afraid to confront it. For those it, of us it, who are procrastinating, it's just fear. It's me. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, you got to. I mean, you get up, you do the the TV, the radio, you look at the market, and things like that. You might still do that for your own personal portfolio, but but then what, right? If you exactly. don't have the TV show to go to or the radio show to do, okay, how are you going to fill that time? And the happiest people in retirement are the ones that say, "I don't know how I had time to work," because they're just doing so much stuff. And so you've got to go back and say, okay, what's those that you got to focus on the the health and fitness, number one, like make that a big priority because 
I remember going to meetings when I was 19, 20 years old with my grandfather, listening to couples in their 70s that now as a 48-year-old, that doesn't seem that far away, right? Um, but talk about just like it, the whole conversation was geared around who's going to the doctor when and what the ailments were. And, you know, so if you're going to save all this money up, you want to be able to enjoy it. You really got to focus on your health and fitness so that you don't have, oh, I got, you know, 60s and 70s are great, but then the, the ailments start to really hinder my ability to travel, play with the grandkids and things like that. So you got health and fitness, you got hobbies, and then you got medical costs. If you're going to retire at 60, you are typically on COBRA for a while, and then you've got the California, you know, or any Affordable Care Act plan, and then you got Medicare and the costs when you go into retirement. So at 65, it's not free. You got Medicare Part B, which can go way up based on your income. You got supplemental insurance, which people need. Uh, and you've got prescription costs, co-pays, dental costs, and things like that. So you're somewhere around, you know, close to seven grand a year per person in, in average healthcare costs throughout retirement. That you've got to model all that in to say, I am ready to retire. I've got a plan for my money, taxes, my lifestyle. I'm it's okay for me to go in and say, here's my, you know, two week, two month notice or whatever I'm going into retirement. So a little market headline news, Walt Disney, CVS, and Uber are all going to publish results on Wednesday this week. That looks like the most interesting day to me just because of those three companies, CVS. Obviously, are we going to the drugstore getting flus? Are they distributing more drugs? COVID, how's it played into it? The flu season? I like seeing those results. They're kind of fun to watch. Uber, what's happening in the world of freight and transportation of either human beings or of product and Disney? Bob Iger's back. What will he do? Um, is Bob Eisner is back. Let me correct that before I go any further. Um, does he have any cash to play with? Can he make anything splashy? We all wanted to know what's his plan because he replaced a previous Bob and um, pressure's on him. And he's old. He's getting older. He's a good-looking man, but he's older. Speaking of good-looking men in retirement, CFP Chad Burton, envisioning your retirement, you have a guide that EP uh, has put a slick polish on and you can go get it at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. It's talking about primarily the retirement planning guide. It's pretty thorough. I like it. It's a nice piece. Um, envisioning retirement. What's that mean to you? Well, to me, what I've you know chosen to do, because if I wanted, I could probably put it a couple more years and, and fully retire, but I, I don't. I'll be, you know, I love the business. I love my clients. And so what I'm trying to do now is, is travel a lot more, spend money on the things that I love to do. You know, things like cat skiing, hella skiing. Yeah, you know, built a business from 19 to, to, you know, wasn't really able to travel much until about a couple of years ago. Right. And so part of it is, is like, what is your timeline, right? I mean, sometimes it's better to take some sabbaticals and some time off to, to practice retirement, figure out the things that you want, want to do. Because all the stuff that I'm extremely passionate about, like, you know, snowboarding and wake surfing, things like that. It, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> takes a lot of agility. And so spending money on doing that now and really, I kind of go crazy on the health and fitness scene. And I'll put off my retirement to do that. But what do you want to do when you retire? Do you want to travel the world? Do you like cruises? Do you like, you know, um, kind of like the high end Airbnb style traveling like huh. Inspirato, that kind of thing? And, and we're all going to be different. Uh, yeah. Me personally, I still don't know. Um, obviously, some travel. That's 
Mm-hmm. required but so you always get a dog and the dog kills me because then you have to board the dog and you're like i can't be awake for two weeks so i want to do a lot of traveling post zero one one zero one zero passing so that i don't have to worry about the dog but yeah yeah so i don't have a real good idea do i want to live frugally i, I you may have not heard this but i practiced frugal with my kids this weekend uh shelly was away and um we i, I made soup out of a can for the kids with chicken and i was like this is how you eat for this is a four dollar dinner kids I love so, that you laughed about that. <laughs> oh, I, I told him we're doing a bachelor night and um, yep. cream of chicken and chicken breast and you throw it in a crock pot, you put oh, yeah. on it and it's done. And there you it's, go. It's tasty enough. So the kids think I'm a hero for being a bachelor. You know, I want to go back to the dog too because having a, a, we've got a much older dog in the house and that's always an yeah. issue of traveling. And like we have, you know, my mom and friends that'll take Haley, the old dog that we have. Um, but when my mom wants to travel, it's, she's got her dog, Winston, right? That Damn. again, yeah, it's, you're talking about boarding costs and things like that. And, you know, she's on a retirement budget. So it, it, it's something to think about for sure. And then how do you want to travel and talking to your spouse about it? We've had a big increase in what they call gray divorce. That's like post-retirement, post-age 55 divorce. When the kids are gone and you go into retirement and people just have different ideas and desires in retirement, you have to really talk and get counseling about that. Because one may want a dog and stay home. The other one, like, no, I don't want a, I don't want a new dog. I want to go travel. I think I want to be uh, close to my kids. And that sounds pathetic. I don't want to be too, when, when they have kids, I want to be close to them to help them out. That's, yep. that's as far as I can get. But you know, I may be heading for divorce because my spouse went to see a psychic yesterday to Chad. No, she did not. I swear she did. Her friend is hurting. <laughs> her friend is in pain and her friend lost her father and, She's playing along, but I, I swore, and I, I may have to go through with this, that if I ever had a spouse see a psychic, I'm out. So she, she, did she go with the friend, or she went because of the friend? She went with a friend. Oh, and she, she doesn't so believe it. a supportive it. role. That doesn't count. If it's a supportive role, then that's okay. And I'm like, that's $100. Just burn it. Burn it. Yeah, really? Isn't there a casino or a card room somewhere? <laughs> You and I are going to be the divorcees. Uh, <laughs> hanging you out in retirement. Me, you know, tax advice, money advice, everything. Just don't ask me relationship advice, Rob. <laughs> well enough. Um, how about volunteering in retirement? Is that on your agenda? Well, I was going to say that's oh, absolutely. And, and you know, every year I try to make a goal of even more of that. It's just you know, time. I've got four kids and a business to run. So, but the happiest people I see are the ones that again they get up, they they work on their health and fitness, and then they have some sort of a. Um, social network either through their activities or through volunteer work. We and have a, we have a listener who in his retirement, um, he went from a tech job to get this. He works for the state or the county and he basically goes and changes mosquito traps. So he drives around from park to park to park and that's what he does. And he goes, it's pretty good money. Mm-hmm. And I get to go from park to park to park, which isn't the worst thing in the world in California. So uh, sometimes a retirement plan will fall on you is what I'm trying to get at. And he's got a lovely one. And when I heard that, I was like, that's a good one. Yeah. I went, I went in my old state money. We got a, a tech client that doesn't need to work at all, but likes to go substitute math teach once in a while. Um, so, and part of it is also that just that whole idea of you got to have some, you know, purpose in life and always be learning. So think about that as well in terms of what things to do. The, the ones that, again, retire after, you know, a, straight into retirement after 60, 70 work, hour work weeks, um, you know, they, they're they not thinking about their portfolios. So they're always investing. They're investing very aggressively. 
But that point when you go into retirement, your risk tolerance drops drastically. I mean, you, you, you have a much lower tolerance because you have more time to look at your accounts online every day, which is a mistake <laughs> if, if you're that type that has never looked and then all of a sudden you're looking every day. Great. And they're they're kind of going to lock themselves in a room and they're going to watch stuff on TV and get confused about you know who to believe on the fear and the greed side. And they'll question their portfolio. They'll become kind of in this locked in, you know, locked in the house watching TV kind of a phase. Hey. That's like the worst retirement, retirement you can envision, in my opinion. When you're focusing on Chinese balloons affecting your retirement income. Yeah, I hear you. I was in Montana when that happened. The conversations were quite funny. Come meet CFP Chad Burton Thursday night at the Juniper Hotel in Cupertino, 6.30 to 8.30. Find out more at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.